Good evening and welcome to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside James Montefusco, Fonz DeFalco. Guys, we took a month off. We're back. First off, welcome back to the show. Great to be back. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to it. Enthusiastic there, James. Oh, yeah. I'm trying I'm to get I'm pushing my... your buttons three seconds into the show. Hey, Doing listen. a lot of behind-the-scenes work over there. you got to give That's him credit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and your first show is a full-time co-host, Fox. It's an honor to be here, and I'm really looking forward to not only the, towards the end of the MLB season, but the start of the NFL season. We are looking forward to the official calendar start of the review and preview year. That's right. We do take a little few weeks sabbatical over the summer. We are now back. You can listen to our live show tonight. On the Wave, that's the new sound of LIU, here on liuwave.org. You can call us if you want to talk to us. Uh, our call-in number is usually 516-299-2030, but if you want to call me directly, you can call my cell tonight at 347-421-3685, and we will answer your questions there. So, before we dive into anything here, let's run down what we have in store for the show. We'll talk about the Mets for a little bit and the Polar Bear, his crushing season so far as a rookie. We'll talk Yankees, some MLB news, preview the playoffs, do an NFL preview. We will talk about Andrew Luck and New England center David Andrews. We will preview the Giants, the Jets, and we'll also analyze the AFC teams. We will do the NFC next week. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Review and Preview. And you can listen to any of our podcasts, as always, on anchor.fm slash review and preview. Without further ado, uh, those metropolitans, not so uh, metro as of late. It's been, very, it's been very downhill. But before we talk about the bad, let's talk about the good. Yes, please. <laughs> our last show was on August 2nd, and at that time the Mets were 53 and 55. There were two games under 500. Now they're a game above 500. They are 13 games back in the division. They are five and a half back in the wild card. While we were gone, the Mets did some damage. They had like an eight or nine game winning streak. They yeah, won yep. like 15 out of 16. They looked really good. And then Robbie Cano gets hurt. Yep. Yeah. And then Jeff McNeil gets hurt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for a team that has dealt with the injury bug in previous seasons. This season now is starting to be a similar feel, but that's no excuse because you no. see what the Bombers are doing across town. Mm-hmm. They've lost like everybody this year, and they're still tied for the best record in the MLB. You said it exactly. The Yankees, uh, they don't have an excuse with all the players they've lost mm-hmm. literally since the beginning. The Mets are just starting to really now lose some more players, and it's just like they lost the identity already. Yeah. And they're looking to rebound tonight against their rivals, the Philadelphia Phillies. It'll be Zach Wheeler against Aaron Nola, who's been great this year. They're three innings through, no score yet. But we're in the home stretch now, guys, and the Mets uh, faltering a six-game losing streak. Yeah, it wasn't a, wasn't a pretty uh, week for them. No, it was not. <laughs> Got swept by the Cubs. They're coming off a sweep of Cleveland last week, but then they got swept by Atlanta over the weekend. A couple of close games. I believe there was a 14-inning game sprinkled in there somewhere. Yeah, Fr- yeah. That might have been Friday, Friday night. Yep. Um, that's when I was in Coney Island. Uh, Saturday, another another heartbreaker. Yeah, it was. And then Sunday was no different. So 
pretty let's, much the whole weekend. Let, let's go. <laughs> yeah, it up nice. Let's go game by game. So game one, the Mets lose two to one in the fourteenth inning. Fultonavich took the mound for Atlanta, a guy who's been up and down this year. He's been in and out of their lineup. Uh, he went seven innings, just one run, two hits, and seven strikeouts. And part-time closer Luke Jackson gets the win, mm. knocks it down, and Mark Melancone got the save. Uh, and again, you look at the Braves, they're such a young team. There's these no-name guys, like young prospects, like Billy Hamilton with the eventual game-winning hit uh, that scored Tyler Flowers, another guy, a catcher who's been, you know, and the Braves just picked up Francisco Cervelli, former Yankee, former Pittsburgh Pirate, giving them some depth. I loved what Atlanta did at the trade deadline, acquiring these relievers that they could use down the stretch. Yeah. And I think they are the low-key winners of the National League of that trade deadline. Um, you know, it's shown. The Grom goes out there, seven solid, 13 strikeouts, one run, four hits, and another no decision. Typical uh, DeGrom stat line. Yeah. DeGrom has won 18 total games through nearly the past two seasons. That number should be doubled. It could definitely be higher if, yeah. the you know, they can actually hit the ball. You know. Oh, <laughs> and we're not done. The Mets scored one run in this game. It came off the bat of Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. Forgot about that. <laughs> the forgot. Oh, so it was such a long game. He's, <laughs> he's a one-man wrecking crew. I mean, what else can we say, really? And then, of course, the hot mess they call him, J. Roos Familia, <laughs> gets the loss. Of course. Uh, let's, let's break this down for a second. <laughs> we re-signed this man yeah. after shipping him to the A's. Yes. At the trade deadline last year, we thought, oh, he's finally gone. Well, apparently, it was just a rental move. It's kind of like the Yankees with Heraldus Chapman, except that worked out. Yeah. This. Of course it did. No. <laughs> Quick shout out to Alex McDonald watching our Facebook live stream. Uh, if you see the LIU campus, it is all blue and gold. So crazy stuff right there. Quick shout out to you down in Florida, former engineer here at WCWP. Uh, but, yeah, back to the Mets. Look, Familia's with the team for another two full seasons. Two full years of control under Jay Roos Familia. How can the bullpen overcome that? Is, I mean, he's clearly the Achilles heel to that bullpen. He's so shaky. Yeah, I, 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 it's still very questioning of why. Like, he was good before, and then we shipped him off at the right time. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Then he comes back on was at the time a three-year deal and it's like what are we doing like we let him go at the perfect time something the Mets never do let go of the players at the perfect time and of course he's back and now he's causing problems here yeah and on this on this this since we left this streaky up and down roller coaster of a season (laughs) and let's make matters worse folks we now have Edwin Diaz don't get me started on Edwin Diaz. Who I thought was going to be like the better, like the sneaky pickup in that Cano deal. <laughs> You're walking and around I was wrong. eggshells every game. Like it, it's just, it's ridiculous. You get nervous when they're on the mound. You when got... you, you see the camera, SNY's cameras go directly towards the bullpen, it's like, no. Please no, do not please, send them out. Please. <laughs> leave them. Anybody else. Anybody else but, but either of those yeah. two, really. And you, and they brought back Familia, Familia thinking. He would have been a good eighth inning, seventh, eighth inning guy. Uh, to be to have him not as the closer, yeah, because we had Edwin Diaz, but we've seen how that work has worked out. Hasn't worked out at all. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
it's been horrendous. And mm-hmm. Giselman's hurt. He's on the shelf. Yep. Out for the, the season. I think for he's out yeah, for the remainder so. of the yep. year. Mm-hmm. It's just not fun to watch. Let's get to Saturday's game. Mets lose 9-5. to five. Max Free, the Mets got out to him early. Mm-hmm. He lasted just five innings. Yes, he did. But Albies, Freeman, and Donaldson all hit home runs in this game. Zach Wheeler, another shaky start. And this is why Zach Wheeler's never going to be that star pitcher in this league. The inability to throw consistent strikes, to fool hitters and have his best stuff every night, he's not like the Grom. You know, he's not like Syndergaard. I know sometimes they have bad starts, but we see this with Wheeler. He's either really good or really bad. There's no in-between. Yeah, the, you know? the difference between Wheeler and then the guys you mentioned, that at least with Syndergaard and DeGrom and all those guys, Stroman, that you know that there's a very high chance you're going to get a good game with them. Wheeler, yeah. it's always, to me, like more bad than good. And if one of it's good, it's like, oh, wow, he's finally coming along. And then just the next two games, it's just mm-hmm. not good at all. Yeah, I mean, I was at that game with a whole bunch of my buddies, and I got there once the game started from work. And I'm like, all right, Wheeler's on the mound. Should be a decent start. And then I see him pitch. <laughs> and then I see the Atlanta Braves hit. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Here we go. <laughs> and then um, I blame the loss actually on one of my buddies. He uh, He's like, oh, they're going to hit a home run. The Braves, of course. They hit the home run. Don't so, bring him to the game ever again. Yeah, uh-uh, <laughs> never again. I mean, but y- you would think Wheeler would step up or try to control – what's happening in the game you would think because people have given him credit yeah and be like you're the guy or if we ship you out you could be a potential ace somewhere else yeah and now he's down more as the fourth pitcher now yeah it's not your ideal scenario yeah for sure i think he should have been uh moved at the deadline i'm surprised that they i think he was hurt around that time so it was kind of hard for him to but i think they kind of the mets messed up there on that part shout out connor sheehan from texas Mm-hmm. Tuning into our show. Very cool. Um, yeah, the only bright spot of this game was Pete Alonso. Again, the well, three-run bomb. I feel like ever uh, since I've been here, it's always been the the, the bright spot. <laughs> it has. That's pretty much been the Mets season. Mm-hmm. Pete, Pete Alonso, Pete Alonso, and more Pete Alonso. Mm-hmm. Tom, who's the Messi, Mets season? Pete Alonso. Oh, there we go. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know, they brought in Brad Bratch. Another arm in the bullpen they called up. I mean, this this season is just up and down too much for my liking. Game three, another hard-fought loss, I guess you could say, for the Mets. They lose 2-1. to one. Keiko was on the mound. He was not being hit on at all. Seven innings pitched, just four hits the whole game. Very good. And he got the win. Melancone got the save. Again, an arm they acquired at the deadline. Donaldson had two dingers in this game. He had three in total in the series he's back to toronto form from two years ago he Mm. was fantastic oh yeah you know he's he's in his 30s now but he's still a really productive bat Mm -hmm. that you like to have in your lineup and he is giving the braves what they need that's insurance because there's a lot of there used to be a lot of holes in atlanta's lineup last year as where they were very young we knew they were good but they were young had to give them a year or two now Atlanta is clearly the second best team in the National League, and they're the only team that can give LA the Dodgers that is a run for their money in the playoffs. Definitely agree. They they're, mm-hmm. they rebuild the the right way 
as you can say. They're unbeatable at home, in my opinion. So, Mats was on the mound for the Mets. This was a good start. This was a six-inning start. One run, two hits. But he took the loss. The only bright spot, again, Alonzo sets the National League rookie home run record, hitting his 40th. That broke Cody Bellinger's mark two years ago. So, again, there's your bright spot. Pistol Pete, the polar bear. Let's talk about Chicago. So, again, difficult week. The Mets are coming off, getting sweeped by the Braves. And this lackluster play just carried into the series against Chilltown. Yeah. It just wasn't there. Yeah. They lose 5-2 to two to you, Darvish on Tuesday. Baez and Russell each hitting home runs. Stroman has been shaky yeah. ever since coming to the Mets, which has been kind of surprising. Yeah, he was yeah. he was solid when he first – when we had that streak of they were winning a lot, and right. he was solid, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it just been, like, up and down with him. Yeah. He overcame the nerves after his first start, but then all of a sudden you started to see, well, this guy's getting hit right now. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where if you lose the confidence in your fastball or in your changeup off speed pitch, you don't have as much stuff to fool, and hitters can figure you out that way. Um, if they, you know, which that happens some nights. That happens to the best pitchers. It happens to Verlander, DeGrom, Strasburg, Scherzer, anyone. Mm-hmm. But again, Alonzo hits another home run. And so does J.D. Davis. Crazy, right? Yeah. Also, Tuesday night, Alonzo broke another record. Yes, he did. What a shocker. He broke the Mets' home (laughs) run record. 42 on the season. He's the first rookie to set the franchise home run record in 81 years. Simply amazing. I mean, 81. I mean, not even. I'm just looking at it now. I'm like, wow. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Crazy, right? Yeah. That record was set by Johnny Rizzo for the Pirates back in 1938. He set the Reds, uh, the Pirates, pardon me, franchise record in home runs at that time. And it wasn't a lot. We're talking like 25 home runs. Yeah, back in, in the, that the third. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all that was hit. Yeah. Unless you're Babe Ruth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But, you know, great for Alonzo. Yeah. Tampa guy, you know, he has connections with the Mets, playing baseball his whole life. He's a good story, kind of an underdog in a sense when he came up here. People didn't know exactly if he would match. And now he's in discussion for Rookie of the Year, which if he doesn't get this, I think it'll clear, be highway robbery. I think it's the clear-cut favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think there's a conversation, to be honest. Game two. Mets lose 10-7. Oh, we, had, we were so positive. Kyle Hendricks, <laughs> yeah. And, and, again, the Cubs did what they had to do at the trade deadline. They acquired a position player, an outfielder, and Nicholas Castellanos, one of the stars on a really sluggish Detroit Tigers team. Mm-hmm. And now Castellanos is like 20 home runs, 60 RBIs on the season. All of a sudden, he's helping Chicago with their depth. With, uh, you know, Ian Happ, Kyle Schwarber, all home runs. Noah Syndergaard gives up nine runs in this start and three innings pitched. Now, I'm sorry. I understand Syndergaard had a bad start, but why do you leave him in when he's getting bashed like that? Uh, I mean, nine hits in three innings, you have to pull him at some point, especially yeah. with the way your team is right now. You gotta. It wasn't, it wasn't even Thor's fault. Mm-hmm. 
all on Callaway. Yeah, he's been making some. What's um, your thought on that, James? He's been making some interesting moves as of lately. On I don't know if I'd call them interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. Um, but he's been making moves that mind-boggling, in my opinion. Um, you there let you, go. Yeah. you you let Syndergaard go too long. Mm-hmm. You're putting in the wrong guy to close. The, at one point when we were on this high, winning nine games in a row, losing one, winning another six to seven, you know, he was pushing all the right buttons. Mm-hmm. And then this past weekend hit him. And, well, when it hit you hard, it hit you hard with the Mets. And he he hasn't been able to hit the right buttons or get his team back on track. Right. Which he needs to because for them to go on that run – we were talking about this earlier, Tom. They were playing against, you know, subpar teams on some of the some games that they yeah. are expected to beat. But at the same time, if you want to get the wild card or even go further, you have to try to beat up on these teams. You right. can't make these mind-boggling plays. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what set, maybe I should say more like through a lot of Met fans off guard, was the sweep against the Cleveland Indians, a clear-cut uh, playoff team yeah. and the Nationals winning that series in convincing fashion that threw people off and now they're starting to say oh this team's coming together even with Cano out look Jed Lowry's not playing a game this season I've already come to my senses on that Yeah. the issue now is you need Cano back and you already lost one of your consistent arms in Giselman when Seth Lugo can't pitch like the last five innings of every game Yeah. it's not going to happen And, you know, again, this was a shame because this was a game where the Mets actually scored seven runs. Yeah. McNeil hit a home run. J.D. Davis, who has been absolute electric. Yeah. As of late, I think he's the Mets' future in left field. This guy's only 25, 26 years old. He's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's solid. Like, again, he didn't play much in Houston because he was overshadowed by a lot of elite, talented players. Mm-hmm. Now he gets his chance. Exactly. And he's earning it now Mm -hmm. i see him like long term out there for us in the outfield definitely great guy definitely him conforto when nimmo comes back if he can be what he was last year yeah and that's a big question mark too right and you you could throw mcneil back at third with alonzo rosario and cano yeah with ramos that's a very good team yeah stop just kind of put it together exactly we're not even talking you ain't a cespedes yeah, I think uh, we're not talking another... Jed Larry either. Yeah, no. <laughs> those two are just another story. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah, well, it was tough because the Mets lost. It's just it's it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. They lost ten, to, and then they lose game three, four to one, a game where John Lester was solid, Kimbrel shut the door, and again, Degrom last night didn't have his best stuff. Four runs, five hits, and seven innings. And again, that's not terrible. Well, yeah, Degrom. You but would the two expect. home runs. Yeah, Degrom yeah. too. You would expect a little bit better, but yeah, not horrible. Degrom is now eight and eight on the season with a two point six six ERA. And fun fact, he's still among the CY Young leaders at eight and eight. Imagine <laughs> you go throw this guy on the Dodgers or the Yankees. How many wins oh does he get? Oh my God! 
I say last year he would have won 30 games if he was on the Yankees. Probably would have. Maybe yeah. 25. He would have broke the record for most wins by a pitcher if he was playing like that on the Dodgers. I'm being serious. Any team that has a winning record that can excel at hitting. Yeah, not just the Dodgers. Any team, any really. Te- yeah. Uh, Cubs newcomer Victor Caratini had two home runs and four RBIs in this game. All four RBIs. And then J.D. Davis, back-to-back home runs in back-to-back games. Mm-hmm. So, again, he's been very productive all season. He's around 16, 17 home runs, 50 RBIs. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially for a guy who didn't even start the season. So, it's a shame. This weekend, starting tonight, the Mets are in Philadelphia playing the Phillies at Citizens Bank Park. Aaron Nola on the mound against Zach Wheeler. Right now, bottom of the fourth inning, no score. Zach Wheeler, no runs and three hits. The Mets only have one hit against Nola. And see, guys, this is the problem. I'm going to tell you what the problem is. You look at the Mets lineup. McNeil's leading off with Alonzo hitting second. Mm-hmm. Conforto's third. J.D. Davis is clean up. Okay. Not bad. Not Joe Panic is hitting fifth. Look, great acquisition by the Mets, bringing him home, uh, a Yonkers kid, like yeah. he grew yeah. up here. Great story, but fifth? And Rosario is sixth? Followed by Frazier. Rene Rivera. Guys, Rene Rivera has not had a hit all season. <laughs> and he's our starting catcher tonight. Oh, boy. You, know, I, <laughs> you said it for <laughs> Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, the first couple of people on the lineup, oh, it's good. And then you go, oh, no. That's the problem. No. no then you go to Rivera, it's like, oh, <laughs> no. One through four is usually great, but five through nine is a big is drop. of the pack. And I understand Tomas Nito's on the DL. Wilson Ramos can't play every game. That's understandable. Yeah, you need yeah. to have a stable backup. But. Right. And if Rene Rivera needs to hit eighth tonight, so be it. Mm-hmm. But. Joe Panic hitting fifth. Look, Dom, <laughs> Dom Dom Smith is hurt. Nito is hurt. Most of the team is hurt. And then the the San Francisco Giants just waved Scooter Jeanette. That was the reason why they DFA Joe Panic and the Mets got. So I don't know how smart that was because the Giants traded for Scooter Jeanette at the trade deadline, mm-hmm. and now he's gone. Yeah. yeah. But Joe Panic hitting fifth. Uh, he's still. <laughs> It's going to bother you the rest of the night. That's mind-boggling. St. John's guy? Still hitting fifth. Still still hitting fifth. Uh, tomorrow, this is going to be fun, guys. It's going to be Steven Matz against guess who? Oh, boy. Jason oh, man. Vargas. Oh, that should be an interesting matchup. All right. How many innings both teams, both of them go? Combined, or are we talking about for each one? For I each think one. Vargas outlasts Matt's tomorrow, my opinion. By an inning or more? Uh, maybe. I'll go two. I'll go, I'll, I'll go Vargas by two. Okay. It would make it interesting. <laughs> just knowing Matt's, it's just going to get uh, it just it, <laughs> You know, at least because of the, this lineup for the, the weekend, you know, Wheeler, mm-hmm. Matt's, it's always for me. I've said it too. Very like, oh, no, I, I worry. Stroman more like, yeah, I think he could still put on a great performance, yeah. but it's like, ah, oh, it's starting to be like, ah, oh, this He'll is be on really the mound Sunday yeah. Yeah. against Zach Eflin. But yeah, so that's the Mets for you. Any, uh, <laughs> any recap or hot takes 
before I, we finish the Mets? I mean, I was looking forward to, you know, when they were on that winning streak. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to be back. First time as a full co-host. I'm ready to, you know, praise the Mets and then start losing. And now I'm like, I don't want to talk about them. And this is the first topic we have to bring up. And I don't know, just it's another up and down year. And this is just life of a Mets fan. I should just deal with it, you know. Maybe one day we'll all get together and write a book on this, like, life experience. Yeah, I just so. about life as a Mets fan. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can write chapter one, uh, Jason Bay, and that's it. That's my chapter one. On that <laughs> note, we're yeah. going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we will talk about the New York Yankees. You're listening to Review and Preview here on liuwave.org. Welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. We are back in the Review and Preview groove. James Montefusco and Fonz DeFalco joining me here tonight on the show. Welcome back, guys. And a quick reminder, we are broadcasting on liuwave.org here on the LIU campus in Brookville, New York. I had to cut the post out there. Uh, no longer known as – well, this is still post-campus, correct. correct, James? Yeah, so it's the post-campus – they now combine to one LIU with the Brooklyn campus. Right. Yeah. So it's going to get used to saying it, especially for us alums. Um, but, yeah. And we know the football team will be traveling to South Dakota. Yes. Next week. Wow. Should be very interesting. Yeah. D1. For their first so. game. Oh, out. yeah. Uh, yeah. And we wish them the best. So the Yankees had a very interesting week. The Yankees are 88 and 47, lurking around 90 wins already, and we are not even in September. Um, this is a team that will easily win 100 games, and they play the Dodgers this weekend, the two best teams in baseball. And game one, the series was out in L.A. Now, let's talk about those throwback unis. Like, yeah, what the, was that like retro? Or I think because. Every I think they just started doing this every weekend. It's like a players' weekend where they wear you know their nicknames on the back. Uh, last year they did it, but you could see the names on the back. This year they tried to make it like the Little League World Series where they had like the bright one color uniforms. I think the Dodgers had all white. Dob not the Dodgers. The Yankees had all black, I believe, or all navy. Yeah. So what it looked like, even uh, watching the Met game, it looked like the home team wore all white. Mm-hmm. The away team, it looked like all black. And then the pitcher. Yeah, that was what I wanted. For, if they were the home team, they were wearing a black cap. Yeah, they had to wear the away. The yeah, I think to probably signify that yeah. they're the pitcher compared to everybody oh. else. I personally didn't like it. Yeah, I liked last year's where they wore all the same color of the team that they're on. Like if the Mets would have been all blue, but you could see the white lettering on the name. Yeah. Guys, it wasn't good. The Yankees in all black. If they had all navy with the white, I mean, yeah, it's a cool concept, and I like the you can have a personality for that weekend. But it just looked weird. Yeah, they, and players didn't like it either. No, not just the fans. Players did not even want to play in that uniform for the weekend. That weekend is come and gone. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about that series though. So Friday night, the Yankees beat up LA ten to two. James Paxton. Took the mound, had 11 strikeouts. He got the W. Yankees hit five long balls in this game. Didi knocked home two of them. Let's talk about the impact of Didi Gregorius for a second to this Yankees lineup. In a season that Miguel and Duhar has not seen the field, mm-hmm. 
Uh, it's been strictly Gleyber Torres um, holding down the fort because Luke Voigt's been in and out of the lineup, and Didi missed like the first two months of the season. Yeah, I remember that. But if we're talking about contact, this might be the Yankee. Well, besides DJ LeMahieu, of course. Yeah. He he is just a stud. Yeah, very consistent uh, since coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. Even before he was injured, he was always consistent, and people were worried, like, oh, how can he come back from the injury? It might take a while. No. That just the story of the Yankees, just no matter if you're in or out of the lineup, they'll always be consistent. Yeah. Well, on the on the season, Fonz, he has, let's see, 2019. Right now, 13 home runs, 44 RBIs. He's hitting 262. But even tonight, like, he already has an RBI. He's mm-hmm. getting, like, even when he's getting retired, they're productive outs. Yeah. So, and this is a guy who's only played 60 games so far. He's not even going to hit 100 games this season, but no. he's still a huge factor on this team. He really is. Yeah. He's one of those guys that you just love to have in your lineup. Come playoff time, he's there. Very consistent player. Um, moving on here to the Dodgers. Hinjin Ryu got blown up in four and a third. CY Young candidate for the NL. Seven runs, nine hits. Not CY Young candidate numbers. Yeah, not giving up good three. at all of those five home runs, he took the loss. And Ryu, this is kind of disappointing. I mean, DeGrom last year, you never saw a seven-run, nine-hit start. Like, that just doesn't happen. No. For this guy to, hands down, win the CY Young at 32 years old now, I don't I don't think he's going to win the CY Young. His ERA is 235 right now, 2.35. A twelve and five record. He only has a hundred and thirty seven strikeouts, so it's not like he strikes out a lot of guys. Yeah, I'm still truly convinced the race is between Degrom, Kershaw, and Scherzer. Pretty no, I would agree with you That's on that one too. At one point, I thought he would be in it, but then you know, recent I think games he's and... fallen out of the race. Yeah, I, I think after the All Star break, I would believe that when he started to kind of like dip in production value uh, yeah. in production value I would say and this just in right now breaking news the Dodgers place Max Muncy on the IL with a wrist fracture oof that's that's a blow yeah he's probably they're saying he won't miss more than two weeks actually well I mean that that's so the move is retroactive to Thursday so utility man Christopher Negron was activated to take his place on the roster so, crazy stuff. So, the Yankees and the Dodgers, game two. The Yankees lose 2-1. to one. Dodgers come out with a win. Tony Gonsolin uh, taking over for Dustin May, who had a couple of starts over the summer. He was pretty effective, actually. Went five innings. He got the win. Kenley Jansen with a save. And former Met Justin Turner with a home run. CC Sabathia was okay, but he only went four innings. You know... The end is near because he can barely go five anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's you can. Yeah, like you said, you notice that too. Yeah. In recent games, he's and had. Judge hit a home run for the only Yanks run. Game three, Yankees win five to one, so they take two out of three. Herman was on the mound; he got the win. Lemayhu, Judge, and Mike Ford all hit home runs. Mike Ford, a guy who's been up with Luke Voigt out, so good to see him get some production. And Herman outdueled Kershaw. Mm-hmm. Kershaw went seven innings. Yeah, he had 12 strikeouts, but he took the loss and he gave up for three home runs. Mm-hmm. 
Only run scored in this game for the Dodgers was a Jock Peterson dinger. Yeah. <laughs> Dodgers are still good. No, yeah, yeah. no, they're definitely still good. It's just but, you, know, you don't see that often with them. Yeah, yeah the, the Yankees kind of just blew them up, whether it was Kershaw, Ryu. You know, this was a tough, tough couple days for the Dodgers, I'd say. Um, it happens. You know? Yeah, and looking at it right now, LeMahieu still, he leads the league in hitting mm-hmm. at 335. He has 23 home runs, 89 RBIs so far this season, and he's not a guy who strikes out a whole lot. So I'm looking forward to see if he can continue his progress for the Yankees because he's leading them right now. He is really, he is the body of that offense. Yeah. He, right, and he, fly, he still flies under the radar. Nobody talks about him. There's all this hype about Judge, Stanton, Sanchez. Yeah, How don't... many games has Stanton played? He's played 10 games this year. Uh, around maybe around that, around I have there. no idea. Yeah, I mean, I really haven't heard his name in any stat lines or reading other than maybe he's injured or something. Yeah, no, Lemay is one of those guys who just don't. He's very good. Yeah, clearly, but nine games, nine games. Nine wow. Games. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Lemay is good, but it's he, no one talks about him, and everyone forgets about Encarnacion, who the Yankees acquired right before the trade deadline, and he's on the IL still. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At 36 years old. And look, he's a man. He already has 30 home runs this season. Yeah, it's crazy. He had that nice run when he immediately joined the Yankees. This yeah. guy was drafted in, in the ninth round back in 2000. Wow. Yeah. We're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> so the Yankees traveled to Seattle during the week. They won the first game in the series 5-4. to four. Hap looked pretty good, actually. He got the win. Mike Ford again hit two home runs. He's been getting hot. Mm-hmm. And Max Whistler did, was not good. Gleyber Torres also hit a home run for the Yankees. Former Met Tommy Malone took the loss. And Dylan Moore, his effort, home run and three RBIs for the Mariners, was not good enough. So what I get from this game is that the Yankees still have rotation problems. Mm-hmm. But Hap, if he can somehow find himself, like, Look out, because when one guy gets his stuff going, there's usually a chain that revolves around that, you know, where Tanaka has been struggling a lot this season. My problem is Hap, as of right now, this is my take. Uh, It might be a hot one. Hap has pitched himself off the Yankees' postseason roster, and he's not leaving the Yankees with many options. Yeah. I mean— Sorry. 5.57 5.57 ERA. The only reason why you're 11 and 8 is because your team scores you a million runs a game. Yeah. Yeah, where you can not be your best and still come out with a winning record. Let's remember this here for a second. We know Hap is typically a high ERA guy throughout the course of his career. Yeah. But he did start his career with the Philadelphia Phillies. This was a very, very long time ago. When he was 26 years old, he went 12-4 and four that year. He started 23 games. He had two shutouts. He has three shutouts his whole career. Two of them were that year. Wow. Fun fact. <laughs> I like that. Fun fact Friday. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I like That's what we that. like to call it. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, sh- <laughs> we Dawes have- used to bust my balls about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um Game two, Yankees blank the Mariners 7 nothing. 
Uh, Tanaka looked good. Very this good. This was yes. a good Tanaka. Mm-hmm. And you needed that. Yeah. Especially against a team like the Mariners who aren't really mm-hmm. competing for anything. It's a good confidence booster, I'd say, for him. Judge and Gardner both go deep. Gardner with the three RBIs. UC Kikuchi got bombed. Those two home runs. And Seattle had a total of four hits in this game. Wow. Seattle is a team that is clearly, they're not going anywhere this year. They're not a good baseball team. They're mm-hmm. a young team. Um, that I, they still have collect, they still have a couple Mets prospects. I'm pretty sure with the Cano yeah Diaz trade. I know Bruce is gone, but I mean, hey, one of the clear rebuild teams mm-hmm. in all of MLB right now. Yeah. I say they are pretty much sitting at the bottom of the AL West at 57 and 78, 21 games back of the Astros. They're not catching. Yeah, they struggle at home too. That's the problem. Yeah, which is you never, you never hear that with teams really struggling at home. No, no, you don't. Um, now, game three, the Yankees did win seven to three, so they sweep the Mariners. Paxson on the mound again against his former team, looked great. Mm-hmm. He got the win. Yankees hit four home runs. Judge went deep again. Lemayhu, Sanchez, and what do you know, Mike Ford. Mike Ford is a guy that has definitely flown under the radar. If I asked you guys who Mike Ford was a month ago, you probably would look at me like I have 12 heads. Yeah. And yep. why are you bringing this up, Tom? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Probably think the waste- same thing right now. Stop why, wasting my time. <laughs> why is Mike Ford worth these seconds of our show? Because this is a 27-year-old local guy out of New Jersey who's been balling down in the minor leagues his whole career. And now this guy threw 34 games, 9 home runs, 15 RBIs. I know he's a strikeout or home run guy, but this is a guy that can provide a spark with the injuries accumulating. You know you have so – you still have Clint Frazier. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much value in the Yankees farm system. Yeah. It doesn't stop. It's scary. Taking advantage of the opportunity he got. Spent all years in the minors, and now he's finally getting called up, and he's like, I'm going to show everyone that I'm here to stay. It's great. I think a lot of the Yankees prospects did that. Oh, yeah. When they were called mm -hmm. up throughout the season. No, no doubt. Especially the past two years, you've noticed that. Yeah. Former Yankee Justice Sheffield went four and a third, gave up five runs and six hits. Not good. And fun fact Friday, again, Aaron Judge becomes the third fastest player in MLB history to reach 100 career home runs. That 462-foot bomb Tuesday against Seattle. And he missed a couple of games, too. He did. his career. Yeah. Imagine if he was around for a little more of those games. Well, home, uh, 100 home runs would have been a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah. 27 years old. So he still has... Judge has only been around for a couple of years now. He's been he came up late 2016. This is technically only his third full season. Yeah, yeah. Judge is a guy that's going to be around for at least another decade. <laughs> so at least. Oh yeah. He can go till he's 40, I think. Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, moving on to the series this weekend. Right now, currently in progress, it's CC Sabathia against Brett Anderson, and I believe the Yankees have a two to one lead in this game against the Athletics. This is an Oakland team that is vying for a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. I believe they're currently in possession. They overtook Tampa Bay, so now it's them and Cleveland with Tampa mm-hmm. Bay 
followed by Boston. Although they're trailing two to one, they got CC out of the game after three innings. Yeah. Again, mm. Fonz, Happ and CC cannot be on this playoff roster. It's yeah, it wouldn't CC, especially the past two starts he's had now, and then the Dodgers won. Would you see Would you see CC more <laughs> in a? Um, Funny right there. That was good, James. That was Thank good. you. Uh, I would have struggled completely, so I give you so much credit for that one. More in a bullpen role. I was going to say I wouldn't be surprised if come playoff time, he just comes off, gives like a couple innings, um, and that's it. Kind of like a long reliever kind of guy. Because he can, give, he can give you a solid – I hate to say it, I mean, because he was a great pitcher. But yeah. He can give you a good one or two very good innings. Yeah. And then just when the third or fourth come around, it's like, oh, like his uh, arm can't handle it after that. Definitely see my, in my opinion, out of the pen. Yeah, it, w- it wouldn't surprise me if they even considered it too. I don't think they haven't even they haven't mentioned that at all. But mm-hmm. you think that would be the best for them too? I, would I think, think so. so too. Brett Anderson is still on the mound for the Athletics, and um, Profar went deep earlier for Oakland. We look at the division standings right now, and Oakland. I mean. They're there. Like, they're right there in that wild card for the American League. It's it's them and Cleveland. Tampa Bay is one game behind. Boston is five and a half. Realistically, everyone below them is out. Mm-hmm. So it's a four-team wild card race for two spots. Mm-hmm. Realistically, that's the reality of the situation. And I'm looking at it right now. I like Tampa Bay. I really want them to get in. But not having glass now... Blake Snell, it's it's hurting them. It's hurting them a lot because Charlie Morton's been the victim as of late. His curveball, his hitters are figuring out his curveball, and Yarbaugh's been forced into starts. The Rays, they've been they've been struggling. They've been falling off a little bit. They've lost six out of their last ten, so they gotta regain their footing. And we're saying this about a team that is nineteen games over five hundred. Yeah, at seventy seven and fifty eight, they are on the outside looking in. Meanwhile, the Mets are a game over 500, and they're only like five games back of the wild card. Tale of two conferences right there. Yeah. This wild card race is definitely heating up. It is. Both sides. We have Homer Bailey against Domingo German tomorrow and Mike Fears against J.A. Happ on Sunday. And an update, the Phillies take a one nothing lead on the Mets in the bottom of the fifth. JT Rail Rail Muto, a sacrifice fly scoring Hasley. So we'll see. All right. We'll wrap up MLB, but we're gonna step aside for a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk about some of these transactions and an update on the late Tyler Skaggs. You're listening to Review and Preview here on LIUWave.org. No sleep till <laughs> Welcome back, folks, to Review and Preview. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Fonz DeFalco, James Montefusco. What a way to end the summer. It's our first show back. Loving it. Talk some Mets. Talk some Yanks. Reminder, you can listen to our show tonight on The Wave. That is the sound of LIU. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Subscribe to our podcast at anchor.fm slash review and preview. So... The Yankees still with the best record in baseball this season. They've been great. Um, But the Astros are right there with them for that best record. 
The Yankees are 88 and 47. The Astros are 87 and 48. So, just one game behind them in the standings. And then, in the NL, it's the Dodgers also at 88 and 48. So, they are half a game behind the Yankees in the standings for the best record in the MLB. We look across the divisions in the in the American League. It is the Yankees with the Twins atop the Central at 82 and 51. Cleveland just three and a half games behind them, and then Houston, of course, a nine-game wide lead over Oakland, with the Astros sitting there at 87 and 48. We look at the National League in the East. It's the Braves at 81 and 54. The Cardinals all of a sudden have a one-game lead in the NL Central over the Cubs. They just got Matt Carpenter back recently. They are hot. They've won eight out of their last ten despite the loss last night. They are 73-59. and And then in the West, it's the Dodgers with a 19-game lead over the second-place Arizona Diamondbacks. And, yeah, Dodgers, 88-48, 40 games over 500. Would you take that? I would. Yeah, I mean, I would too. We'll see how they hold up in playoffs, though. In yeah. baseball, folks. What's up, Fonz? No, I said, yeah, I agree with you on the can they hold <laughs> up in the playoffs. In baseball, you can be the hottest team one week. You can be the coldest team the next week. Throughout the first half of the month of August and the last few days of July, the Mets were the hottest team in the MLB. There is no de- denying that. They were the hottest team out of all 30 teams. Now, the Mets are the worst team in baseball as of late. They've lost six games in a row. That's the longest losing streak in the MLB, and there's there's just no excuse. There really isn't. They're sitting there five and a half back of the wild card. It's starting to fall out of their range again. They can't win on the road. Pete Alonzo and Jeff McNeil are the whole team, and J.D. on occasion getting his hits. But you need more than three guys to contribute. Exactly. And DeGrom, too. Yeah, you, need, you need more than four players, I feel like. Just look at the Yankees. Everyone's contributing. Rosario them. is contributing too, but I'm um, again, these guys can only do so much. Yeah, so yeah. you can't point out everybody. Mm-hmm. There's got players that need to pick up the slack, and even though a player is playing really well, sometimes it's just not good enough to compensate the other holes on the team. Mm-hmm. So that's why not all those names are mentioned. But anyway, let's get to the gist of some MLB news. The Minnesota Twins have an MLB best, I believe that is. I want to say they have north of 200 home runs now at 233. Um, the Yankees have the record last year at 267, which they broke the Mariners' previous mm-hmm. record, which was set a while ago, many years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's uh, We're going to look that stat up there quick. And the Minnesota Twins have oof, 261 home runs they are six away yeah had a double six check away. there too wasn't sure if we i were... had to double check too because <laughs> the script writer wrote 261 games and that's <laughs> that's clearly not right but so the twins are going to break the record yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yep let's just decide just not to play it's not games. That. honestly mm-hmm. the yankees still might break their own they can do yeah yeah <laughs> It, it's just this year, just alone, just it's just breaking home run records after record. Pete Alonso breaking the rookie record and the franchise record. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of other teams that are in the 
players that are on the rise of breaking that record at some point. There are four teams that are capable of breaking the 267 mark. Four. The Dodgers, the Astros, the Twins, and the Yankees. Probably the best four teams in baseball. Mm -hmm. Goes to show. That's just crazy to really think about. Before we took our summer sabbatical, we asked the question, and that question was, will Mike Trout or Josh Bell of the Pittsburgh Pirates be the first to reach 100 RBIs? Turns out, both of those answers were wrong. The correct answer is Raphael Devers of the Boston Red Sox. Curveball. Yeah, yeah. We, were, uh, we were dead wrong. Yep, he came out of nowhere. A man plans and God laughs. Yeah. <laughs> That's a quote. I had to bring that up. That's a good quote. I had to. Um, yeah, we planned on seeing that happen, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, very unfortunate news this year, of course, with the passing of Los Angeles Angels uh, pitcher Tyler Skaggs, just 27 years old. Um, very upsetting. You know, his 28th birthday was two weeks away. We finally found the cause of death. Yeah. It was an accidental drug overdose. I believe there was a mix of alcohol. And my friend Nick Lombardi was telling me earlier, actually, uh, oxy and fentanyl. Yeah. So those three together, the overdose. And it's a shame. It is. Very young guy and a very well-liked guy playing for his hometown team. So, but hey, Angels are still playing for him. They're struggling this year, but they'll they'll finish strong. And we wish the Angels organization and Tyler's family and friends the best. Let's talk about the trade deadline. There are a lot of acquisitions. Like maybe not as many as your normal year, mm-hmm. but a lot of these went under the radar besides Zach Greinke. Yeah. Would you say that was the best trade acquisition? The Zach Greinke one, I would, I, I would think so. I yeah. mean, you already you put him on there with the rotation, the, the already impressive rotation, yeah. the Astros. You know, doesn't really need to be the the lead man in there. Yeah, I believe he's the third or fourth. I would say, uh, five games, five and zero, one point three one ERA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's you. That's all you need, really, and really just. Stabilizing that Astros rotation. Very, very good rotation. Oh, totally. Yeah. That bringing him on was um, just kind of solidifies that they aren't messing around. Yeah. It was a big, the biggest probably acquisition, but I still, I still think it's the best one. Most publicity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I think we all agree that was the best one. That really puts the Astros over the top where you have four starters that have at least 13 wins on the season. And Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole. Zach Granke and Wade Miley. Very good yeah. rotation. That's a scary rotation Death if you're row. any team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. The Cubs made a great move getting Nicholas Castellanos. The mm. Braves got Shane Green, Mark Melancone, fantastic. The Reds got Trevor Bauer, which was probably the second best one in my opinion. The Phillies got Corey Dickerson and Jason Vargas. And the Twins got Sam Dyson. We saw the Diamondbacks get Mike Leake. 
We also saw, of course, the Brewers getting Drew Pomeranz and Ray Black. The Tampa Bay Rays got Jesus Aguilar, who hit north of 30 home runs just one year ago. Mm -hmm. He's been hurt this year out of their lineup. You know, things happen. But the worst move, in my opinion, Scooter Jeanette and Cash from the Reds to the Giants because Scooter Jeanette got DFA. I would, I would, year, I would think so when you just acquire a guy and you let him go. How long? Not even that long after. Just like this. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. So I would now. probably, yeah. you could, yeah. It definitely probably is the clear worst move. I would I definitely agree with you on that. Um, we yeah. forgot Marcus Stroman, of course. Yeah. 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 And Eric Sogard. The Rays, Sergio Romo to the Twins. Big moves. Now, you guys all agree that's the worst acquisition with Scooter? Yeah. We're pretty much all on the same page. With I think so, yeah. We're both the best and the worst. We're boring you here. Yeah. Got... <laughs> um, yeah, and as of a couple of days ago, what was really shocking was Astros left fielder Michael Brantley actually led the MLB in hitting at 337. And Pirates rookie outfielder Brian Reynolds was second at mm-hmm. 332. Let's talk about Brian Reynolds for a second. He gets no publicity because he plays for the Pirates, and the Pirates are not a good baseball team this year. The Pirates are a very young team. They have young guns like Colin Moran, Kevin Newman, Mm -hmm. Reynolds. I know they traded Dickerson away to the Phillies. Reynolds is a 24-year-old guy. Young guy, yeah. Yeah, our age, selected by the Giants in 2016, and... He is a monster. Uh, the 14 home runs and 56 RBIs, blessing the fantasy team up. Uh, really like what I've seen out of him. I mean, he's hitting 328. A very good bright spot. That doesn't just future. happen. You know? He could be the next potential star of the league. You never know. Definitely. Uh, Some of the like Pirates have been mm-hmm. really looking for. He's yeah. been great. Let's talk about some of the big games that are happening tonight. Of course, the Mets are taking on the Phillies. The Yankees are taking on the Mariners. Of course, the New York Series, those are big games. The Braves are taking on the White Sox. Oakland actually just took a 4-2 to lead over the Yankees. Mm. Uh, Cleveland and Tampa Bay are scoreless in oh, the wow. bottom of the sixth. Down south. And then you got the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks, a one versus two later tonight. The Red Sox against the Angels. Cubs beat the Brewers. That score is final. And the Reds and Cardinals did get postponed. So that's pretty much your lineup of games here tonight. And, you know, I'm looking at it right now, and there really was a lot of good pitching matchups tonight. I mean... Throwing out there Shane Bieber for Cleveland, who's been a great story this year, a guy who just kind of appeared out of nowhere last season. Fantastic player overall. And this Renato Nunez guy for Baltimore with the 28 home runs at 25 years old, like nobody knows who these guys are. And all of a sudden, the Orioles are beginning to score a lot of runs. The last few games, they've been hot scoring. Mm -hmm. I know it hasn't translated into many wins, but... That's what you get when you're in the American League. And then Solar for Texas just hit his 38th home run. Trevor Story for Colorado just hit his 29th home run. A lot of home runs. 
Yeah, Castellanos had a two-home run game. George Springer, a towering <laughs> yeah. three-run home run tonight. It's just so many home Profar runs. Profar with a solo shot. They're fun to watch, though. Oh, yeah, like, no. Yeah, we watch Alonzo every, you know, almost every other day hit a home run. But Alonzo just these... got a base hit. All right. All right. But by seeing all these other guys hit these bombs, it, it, it's really amazing mm-hmm. on what some of these guys built themselves of power. I'd agree. So, it's that time. It's been a long week. Let's get to it. Our MLB Player of the Week. Talk about all the players that have been hot in baseball, but pick the one that you think has stood out to you the most. We will start with Fonz. Going to go with a pitcher here mm-hmm. for the Indians. Mike Clevinger, 2-0 this week, 13.2 innings pitched, with a .66 ERA with 18 total strikeouts. Nice. Very nice. Very He's, solid week. Yeah, and he is one of the star pitchers on a Minnesota Twins team that, again, they were very underrated heading mm-hmm. into the season. Nobody mm-hmm. thought they'd be this good. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he's back healthy. Mm-hmm. And they have a really solid lineup, too, with Eddie Rosario, Crone, Kepler, a lot of guys there. Yeah. James? I'm going to go with a Yankees player, Mike Ford. We were just talking about him a little while ago. Mm. Um, you know, uh, getting the chance to be called up. Using that opportunity to his advantage, um, been hitting those home runs. Uh, you know, uh, I I usually like picking guys that have been brought up due to injuries and shining. Um, I've I've always liked to see that um, either to benefit themselves, the team, or even make them trade asset right. go up. Mm-hmm. Good pick. I know I was raving about him before in that last segment. Yeah. So I'm really torn between two. I mean, this guy, Victor Caratini, has had a great week for the Cubs, but I'm going to have to go with Corey Dickerson from the Phillies. He's been tearing it up. He's hitting like 360 this week, nine RBIs on the week. That's third in all of the major leagues. He has the two home runs to go with it as well. And his slugging percentage, 773. I think the reason why I'm picking him is out of all the players who have had elite weeks, he has made the biggest difference for this Phillies team in that outfield, and he also made a difference in Pittsburgh last year on the outfield because he also hit over 300 last year, and he flies under the radar. Nobody knows who he is because his career started a little late. Yeah, He's already 30, but... He's been around since 2013. He's just missed some time with injuries a couple of years. He's bounced around the league now. This is his fourth team. So Dickerson's my player of the week. All right, guys, on that note, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, it is time for our team of the week. And we will shift gears to football. You're listening to, re- to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Evening and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside James Montefusco, Fonz DeFalco, here in the studio. Guys, welcome back to the show. Listen to us live tonight on liuwave.org, the sound of LIU. 
NFL season is approaching. Of course, we have a lot to talk about, and Fonz has uh, he's already had a fantasy draft, and he'll talk about that in a minute. Oh, yeah. Before we get that, let's get to our team of the week. You can pick baseball, you can pick football, whatever you want. James, you are first this time. Oh, boy, I feel special. All right. Not really. No. <laughs> well, I feel special in my own heart. All right. <laughs> um, my team of the week is the Giants. Going 4-0 in the preseason. Coming back last night against the New England Patriots in Foxborough. Some of their guys have been looking stellar. Others, not so much. I believe they have done the most cuts um, so far or Next as two. of their 53-man yeah. roster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. I'm kind of rooting for Carlock to make the team as, uh, you know, now a post-alum. Um, but, yeah, 4-0, there's some bright spots. There's some down spots, uh, you know, down spots. But other than that, I'm looking forward to their season. I think they'll be better than last season. Good analysis, James. Thank you, Tom. I agree with you because I watched that game last night in – New Jersey, uh-huh. so I got a good taste of that last drive, and Alonzo Russell too. Those two TD. Yes, uh, Fonz, you are next. I'm gonna go with my team. Um, as people know, I'm not a Jets or Giants fan, but I'm wearing a Lamar Jackson Ravens jersey. So my team of the week is the Baltimore Ravens. Not only do they go four and zero in preseason, but now they're seventeen and zero in their last seventeen preseason games. That is an insane fact. Now, now listen, listen. It's preseason, yeah, but. You get, it gets the fans excited. You know, Lamar Jackson has looked great. That secondary is loaded with talent. They did lose. We'll talk more about the teams later, but they lost yeah. Tavon yeah. Young, uh, Mark Ingram, and Gus Edwards. I'm really excited for the Baltimore Ravens this season. And you got Earl Thomas too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Earl Thomas. What's your, with, yeah, what's your take on their their defense this year? Oh no, I, yeah, it hurts to lose uh, C.J. Mosley. I did like him. But uh, the Ravens have had a tendency for letting a lot of linebackers go. Zazarius Smith, another one. Uh, Terrell Suggs, longtime Raven, and Mosley, too. They wanted more money. They've seen this happen before. I can go with Donnell Ellerby being one. Bart Scott, if you remember. While they were good, they left the team, and they, their production went down a little bit. Bart Scott was, was solid, but then another guy steps up. Zadarius Smith stepped up nicely. Now I'm expecting Matthew Juden to step up, too. Now Earl Thomas, a very good replacement for Eric Weddle. And I'm really excited to see what they can do here. I like it. Defending AFC North champions. My team of the week, you guys picked two undefeated teams in preseason. I'm going to pick the third. There were only three teams undefeated in preseason. The Ravens, the Giants, and the Buffalo Bills. Bills Mafia. Bills Mafia. (laughs) They rallied back from 17 points down last night to defeat the Minnesota Vikings by a score of 27-23. and 23. The Vikings were also undefeated until last night mm-hmm. when they lost to Buffalo. And Tyree Jackson mounting a comeback. Great to see. Mm-hmm. And... He's from Buffalo, too. Yeah. yeah. McLeod was good. Easily made a couple of nice catches. Marcus Murphy, a guy they used a lot in the backfield last year. Very good kick returner for them, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. So the Bills, 21 fourth-quarter points. Why not? Good team effort, good win. A lot of guys have to prove, especially in this final preseason game, when they definitely showed it for all three That's teams right. that we picked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And cut-down day, cut-down weekend is officially 
underway. We have seen that Geno Smith beat out Paxton Lynch for the Seahawks quarterback job. Let's get to some NFL news and set up the season here a little bit. So, Andrew Luck suddenly retires for the NFL on Saturday night at exactly 9.28 p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> Seven seasons <laughs> with the Colts. Just 29 years there. old. Dude, I got it down by the minute. I, got, yeah. I have to. Very impressive. I was also at my house getting ready to go out when I found this news. I was not exactly thrilled about the news. No. I know there were some people that had already done fantasy drafts, which that's why I always wait till the end of the preseason because you just you never know. Usually I do between the week three and four around that time. Yeah. You know? yeah. But it's a big risk, especially I think uh, anything before week three. That's just uh, that's oh, a big okay. that's a big risk. But then you can't really predict with the uh, <laughs> retirement really. Yeah. Not very predictable. Yeah. No. Listen, I mean. Andrew Luck, he had stellar seasons with the Colts. Um, what was he, 20, 29? 29. Um, you know, but I think his body wasn't in there. You know, with recent injuries to his shoulder. Yeah. So I think... Um, his ankle, calf, or whatever it was. Yeah. You don't even know what it is you don't now. Know. So it's, it's difficult, especially for a quarterback um, like himself. It's sad to see especially at 29 mm-hmm. and for a Colts team that really looked like they were going to excel this year. Yeah. And the line early in his career was bad. I don't remember how bad it was. He got sacked so much. Yes. And then Costanzo stepped up and then they drafted Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith. It looked like a solid line. Mm-hmm. And you go, all right, now we can see how luck can do with the full healthy line. You saw it last year. Yeah. 4,500 yards, 39 touchdowns, comeback player of the year. You'd be like, oh, what can he do now? Full year healthy and whatever, and just it's just really sad to say. Yeah. You're right. This is the reigning comeback player of the year of 2018 in the NFL. Last year, I remember working the Week 1 game when they played the Bengals, and uh, Andrew Luck was just happy back to be back playing football. Yeah. And it's very unfortunate. This guy's a four-time Pro Bowler. He led the NFL in touchdown passes four, four years ago, five years ago now. Uh you know, it's a shame. Who would have thought that RG3 would outlast Andrew Luck? Especially after that. After the same year. Especially after that knee injury RG3 suffered. You thought there's no way he can. Yeah. But it's crazy that those top two players now look to be with their teams for more than a decade, be the franchise cornerstones. And now Luck went first overall back in 2012. Mm-hmm. The debate who would be number one really crazy to think about did the Colts make a mistake by moving on from Peyton Manning no because at the I think at the time they wanted to go in a new direction especially I think it was uh the neck injury kept him out that whole year I think they're probably more cautious they're you know they were still very competitive but you know there was a lot of people on the rosters like yeah this we're not as competitive as we used to be maybe it's best for him to move on have a new scenario for him and let's start rebuilding they had that one in fifteen, two and fourteen season around there, yeah. And then they got, no pun intended, lucky mm-hmm. with that first pick and get Andrew Luck, and it's a nice transition from Manning to Luck. Peyton Manning. I don't mean to take away from Luck here, but Peyton was an absolute icon in this league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He set numerous records. He played for seventeen years in the NFL. Yeah, and fourteen of them were with the Colts. Three of them were with the Broncos. And 
Peyton Manning's stats with the Broncos from ages 36 to 39 yeah. were better than Luck's seven-year career with the Colts. Yeah, he had that yeah. one year for 55 touchdowns. So how crazy that offense was maybe crazy. Was, right. That maybe the 14-time Pro Bowler just needed a fresh start in yeah. Denver. Yeah. He needed a restart button to end his career properly. He needed to use Omaha every other, uh, <laughs> you know, down. Two-time Super Bowl champion. It was great to see him win one with Denver. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't productive, per se, but that defense definitely helped him out. Ron but Miller. still. No, oh, yeah. He might be the absolute mastermind of the game of football. Absolutely. He might yeah. be the smartest player of all time. There's there's a chance. There really is. Absolutely. Um, but Andrew Luck, yeah, it's it's a shame, but, like, for the fans to be booing him off the field is just wrong. It's yeah. Not, that's not okay. Yeah, no, it's not okay. I mean, I'm trying to play both sides here, trying to understand where it's coming from. I mean, you don't really see that when you're at a game. You're, you're excited for the Colts, the Super Bowl favorites, and then you get a message. I got the thing from Adam Schefter on ESPN. It's like, whoa. And then probably, you know, you get a bunch of fans at the stadium, you know, having a couple of beers and getting excited for the team, and then they see, like, Luck didn't even have an announcement. It was just reported. Yeah. They, they're booing. It's an instant reaction, I feel like, you know. But if they announced it saying, like, oh, if they announced it a week prior and he did it himself, I doubt that they would have booed him when they saw him at the game. I think maybe it was just an instant reaction. Again, it's not – it wasn't a good for them, but I'm just trying to understand where they're coming from. Yeah, both ends. Because yeah. some sports fans are a little crazy. No, yeah. I mean, you, you have it. But I think um, that – a lot of also fantasy fans are very upset because a lot of they're crazier than sports fans. Yeah, a lot of them figured that luck was if you're in a two quarterback league, a safe safer option. Mm-hmm. All right, I got my main guy, say Pat Mahomes, and mm-hmm. then I got luck as you know the There's safety a safe, net. Just in just in case, yeah, yeah, just in case. And then people pick the law. Like I saw a whole bunch of videos like going at Andrew Luck. Like listen. He's at least probably injury prone. He's a very bright person. Yeah, he knows he has a just got married. Yeah, so he he wants to do other things. Yes, I know you're upset, but at the same time, he has to feel he's going to be comfortable living the rest of his life. Yeah, especially the beating he's taking at at a quarterback position. Yeah, I'm just giving the fans the benefit of the doubt that situation. I agree. Yeah. Well, look, I mean. The timing was definitely bad. That in fact that it happened in the middle of a preseason game while he was standing on the sideline. Yeah, I don't know if that was a good timing. Put so. a different scenario. He, reti- he announces it on a, on a Wednesday before a game, and the next week he's out there. Yeah. They'll be they'll probably they'll be, be cheering him like thank you, Luck, and whatever. Yeah, I think it's just bad timing. Yeah. Uh, so Luck throughout his career went fifty three and thirty three, a sixty one percent completion percentage, and Jaguars long snapper actually commented on that um, about the season tickets but the real question here is do we think luck is done for good is luck done for good it's really tough to retire from this game we saw it with Jason Witten we know why Brady's not retiring <laughs> yeah, well Brady's gonna play for for the next uh, couple of years I'm is, already I'm already okay with there that a possibility that luck ever changes his mind and returns there is always a possibility because he is young but I, I think He's a very smart guy. Um, I think he has like an architect, like architecture, like degree. Like wants to yeah. work in that field. Once yeah. he was on, he was at a plan for that. Just got married. Obviously, probably wants to have a family. I think maybe you know a year after 
maybe or maybe not. I, I just feel like he's different than most other quarterbacks or even players. Yeah. He loves the game, obviously. Maybe maybe we'll return in the coaching role. Yeah. I don't know if he can really wants to come back and play in this game again. But That's what I was just Definitely saying. wants to probably make a difference on the field, off like on the sidelines as a coach. So I wouldn't be surprised if he is a coach in the next year, year or two. I think he's yeah. done mm-hmm. playing. Yeah. I don't think he's done with football, no, but in so. terms of playing, maybe Stanford I think that's like it. assistant because he went to yeah. he went to Stanford, yeah, Stanford maybe that would be, yeah. be a very good fit over there, maybe a quarterback coach. Well, look, 7 years. That's the average NFL career is like three. I mean, because we think like oh, all these stars are here for so long, but the, the we'll talk about the cuts. Over a thousand players lost their jobs. The average career is three years in the NFL. You got to give them credit for for seven seven year run. Yeah. yeah. Um. Now we saw Jason Witten on un- retire, and luck. I don't think he will. But now talk about Jacoby Brissett and what is in store for him in his future. Do we think that he's able to produce the same level of work that Andrew Luck was able to do? Like, what is the drop-off here? Because apparently a lot of people believe in this kid. I, I believe him. I mean, he was uh, – I believe in him. Excuse me. Uh, was he a third-round pick for the Patriots, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, with the Patriots have been so successful, Belichick knows talent when he sees it. Yeah. And then he traded him to a perfect opportunity with the Colts when Luck was injured for that whole year. Yeah. Literally had a – Six days to learn the playbook and came in, and had a had a solid run. It was like over three thousand passing yards, thirteen touchdowns. That was just not even learning the playbook as you're going on. Yeah, and he studied a stable backup last year. He mm-hmm. came in for a couple of times when Luck couldn't throw because of the shoulder. But I think now with the full two years of learning the playbook, and I, I really think Jacoby Brissett. Not saying he's gonna be like Andrew Luck with the Pro Bowls and everything, but I think he can be a very consistent starter for the Colts. Yeah, no, I agree. And by sitting behind Luck as well, mm-hmm. I think that has probably helped him learn the playbook, learn everything, like maybe taking a few things out of mm-hmm. Luck's playbook, like mm-hmm. on the field himself. Yeah. And might have incorporated into that style of play for him. You learned from Brady, too, in that one year. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good, pretty good uh, two quarterbacks yeah. learning your only f- his fourth year in the league. True. So, so I definitely I don't think they need to – I mean, I don't – I think we definitely have him start the whole year and see what happens with yes. you know learning the playbook and everything. And then if it if it's anything like his 2017 season, I think they'll they'll keep stick with him for a little bit. But if it the production goes down or he really struggles, then maybe uh, draft someone, find someone in free agency. I have no idea, but I think definitely play out for set this year and see yeah, how it goes. I, I would agree as well. Very possible. Um, I'm just looking at it right now. This guy's a third-round pick back in 2016 at NC State. He doesn't have much starting experience over the last couple of years, but remember, he did play for New England. Exactly, yeah. He started a game for them against the Texans. When Brady had that. Yeah. When Brady was at, and it was a shutout. They destroyed the Texans. So Mm -hmm. there is a possibility that this turns out to be a good thing for him. But moving on, Patriots center David Andrews now has discovered he has found blood clots in his lungs. This is a potential career-ending injury. He is done for the season. Terrible news for the New England center. Not good. Yeah, no, it's very scary, but you, yeah. you have to be happy to be able to find it before even playing the season. So at least he found and discovered it. So that's very good news, I would say, even though it's kind of a, a bad situation. But... Again, like he'll likely be out for this year. 
And I believe this is what happened with Bosch too, right? Chris Bosch moving over. Yeah, to we NBA. saw this happen with him. It ended his career. So it's it's tough, but good he found it early before he was on the field. Oh, that could have been God a lot. Forbid, yeah, you know, gets it. Yeah, that, yeah. That's the, if you if you want to look at a a bright spot here, that's definitely probably that's, the only yeah. one you would think of. But yeah, if he doesn't. Treat it well. That's it. You know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. y- you know you got to take care of yourself. Like Andrew Luck's doing the right thing. See what David Andrews does. Mm-hmm. Lamar Miller tears his ACL for the Houston Texans. Awful news. Yeah, uh, big blow Definitely. to the team. Uh, mm-hmm. Pro Bowler last year was made as an alternate. Uh, been a, a solid runner, running back for when he split time with the Dolphins and Texans. This is, this, mm-hmm. Of course, it comes at his contract year. Not bad with the Texans. And I, I just it's it's. It kind of stinks for the Texans, you know. He was probably looking to bounce back. He had 973 rushing yards. Solid option for Deshaun Watson to, to hand the ball off to. And now the Texans have a big question mark at running back because, you know, my Duke Johnson, did you really – I don't know if he can be the feature back. In the, he's a good, like, backup pass catching back. But now you got to – I don't even know who they're starting running back. But it probably is Duke Johnson right now until they find someone else. Speaking of Duke Johnson, Fonz, oh, uh, yeah. you have some news for us? Yeah, uh, you know, my fr- uh, my friends, my high school friends, shout out to you guys, uh, Albert Donor, friend of uh, yeah. the show too. We have our own league. This is our sixth year running strong. Uh, my team's called the Lobos, Fonzie's Lobos. Nice. <laughs> uh, I had the third pick this year. I got Christian McCaffrey, so it was a good pick. We all had, you know, Michael Thomas won the first round, Saquon won first. My friend Matt drafted Zeke Elliott. That's another story. Yeah. Big question for him. But the Ooh. big one is our buddy Albert, Seventh pick overall, Michael Thomas is on the board. Tyreek Hill is on the board. Odell was on the board. Pick Duke Johnson Jr. <laughs> Everybody, uh, I'm not – I'm reading it correctly. I still have the draft board here. Duke Johnson Jr. went seventh overall in my fantasy league. That fantasy chat must be nuts. Well, we were all on uh, Xbox talking to each other while it was going on, and so we saw it, and I were like <laughs> – Albert, are you there? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, wow. <laughs> like, bold strike. I, we were, I don't think anybody, like, talked for, like, 30 seconds because we thought, like, something happened. Like, oh, did he, like, accidentally – because, you know, when you scroll down looking through the players, they'd be accidentally just press it or something. Yeah. I've done that later in rounds too. But, oh, man. <sighs> yeah. But, you know, my team's looking good. You know, I think now we're all confident <laughs> now after seeing the, And not only that, he took George Kittle because he – we did a snake draft. He had the seventh pick, so we had the second pick in the second round. George Kittle, not as horrible, but I just don't. I generally, again, when you have Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, I'm going to keep saying all these names because I have Tyreek Hill and Odell Beckham, thanks to those two picks over there. Shout out, Albert. Hope you're doing well, man. Go, Duke Johnson. Albert Edward Donor, the fourth. Very questionable piece of work on your end, but. Do you think he might have did this because of Lamar Miller's injury? This was we drafted, uh, I think, a couple days after it happened, maybe. Um, we do have a PPR league. It's half a, half a point for PPR. Uh, first time we're doing it, too. We do a, a vote on everything. And uh, uh, maybe maybe it's a, it's a strategy, but you know what? It, 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 I don't I, I can't even I can't even help him out, Albert. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. So, i gotta, I got to find these draft results to tell them. I hope I can, see Albert oh, soon. Man. With Houston and Indianapolis – having these injuries do we think this is the opportune time for Jacksonville to emerge as a potential AFC South contender 
in my opinion, I think they benefit the most from this. Yeah, yeah I, I think they were definitely in the conversation even before. I mean, the Colts clearly were probably number one. Texans and Jaguars were tied for two. But I think I just worry about the Texans' offensive line and some uh, the some questions at health now at the receiver and running back position. But I think the Jaguars from top to bottom are a very solid roster. I mean, the receivers are a little bit of question with D.D. Westbrook, but I think D.J. Chark is going to take a big step forward. Josh Oliver, the rookie at tight end. You know, Leonard Fournette's looking to have a big bounce-back season. And, of course, now they have a, what I think they've been missing, a consistent quarterback, is Blake Bortles. We saw just, oh, God, I don't know <laughs> I don't know why they started him for so long. Yeah. And now they have a stable quarterback in Nick Foles. And I'm excited to see. And, of course, their defense, even when they have Blake Bortles, Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Bouye, corners, uh, uh, Telvin Smith's out for the year, oh, took a year off, which is fine, but they have Clayus Campbell, Yannick Ngagwe, R.B. Jones, and Marcel Darius. Very good defense, I would say. Now, I got a question for you, Fonz. Does Nick Foles bring his magic? I think he does. I mean, do you see what he did in that Super Bowl run? And I even mean, when he I came did. in spot duty? I, I, I believe so. All right. So. I'm excited to see what the Jaguars can do, really. I mean, after yeah. years of being, you know, the laughing stock of the NFL, they had a very good run two years ago, and then last year took a big step down because of. Uh, just again, portal struggles, but big step. Now, yeah, they yeah. tumbled down the mountain. Well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> they fell down the mountain. <laughs> I like the town. I have family. It's it's a good place. Yeah. Now let me tell you, I have the draft results here. Just to quickly, uh, he he had Duke Johnson seventh. Right after was Le'Veon Bell, Pat Mahomes, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Travis Kelsey was gone. Uh, Michael Thomas. He had all of these available players: Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Todd Gurley, Adam Thielen, Antonio Brown. Just you know, George still, Kittle. Well, you took George Kittle. That's good. You know, oh, love right. you, Albert. Hope you're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> this is review and preview, folks. Here on LIEWave.org. So, we're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we are going to analyze the AFC and preview the New York Football Giants. You're listening to Review and Preview here on LIEWave.org. Review and preview. Welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Joined alongside James Montefusco, Fonz DeFalco, here in the studio. Tune into our live show tonight here on liuwave.org. On the campus of Long Island University, Sharks. Fins up, I guess is what they say. Fins seems. up. No, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> the AFC. Yes. Back on track here. The AFC, we are about to preview. Of course, we have the reigning and defending Super Bowl champions in the New England Patriots. This is a team last year that went 11 and 5. They earned the two seed in the AFC. They defeated Kansas City in the AFC championship game. Of course, they're losing David Andrews, but the the Patriots are already doing moves. This is why Bill Belichick is the mastermind of football. New England already filled that hole trading with the Buffalo Bills for Russell Bodine, their starting center. So the Patriots are trading a sixth-round pick for Bodine, and the incumbent starting center in David Andrews will be heading to the IR. So this is a fantastic move by New England. Genius. Whenever someone's out, next man steps up. Yeah. This is just a... The cycle of New England Patriots. Exactly, and that's why they are the best. And 
Of course, they're joined in a division with, of course, Tom Brady's back at 42. His contract got extended while we were away another two years, so Brady will be playing through 2022 at least. How? (laughs) Uh, Need I remind you, Tom Brady was drafted into the NFL when we were in kindergarten. Oh, jeez. Wow. Guys. He's going to play until my kids are in kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Oh. Fonz DeFalco, raw and uncut oh, here man. on the show. I keep looking at his stats. He's not. He's improving as he gets older. Oh, my God. I can't. It's his, uh, it, it's his, he has a, um, like a nutrition yeah, I, line. So TB12. Yep. So maybe that's it. Something TB12. I guess we should all be eating. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'll follow that plan. I don't know what. So let's run down their depth chart because they went three and one in the preseason. They have their three-headed backfield in Sony Michelle, James White, Rex Burhead, which is just phenomenal. They have two solid backup quarterbacks with Brian Hoyer, who's been there forever, back and forth a little bit with Cleveland. Yeah. But rookie Jared Stidham is there as well. You got to factor in Damian Harris too. Yeah. Rookie and running back from Bama. Exactly. He'll be the fourth string. Mm-hmm. And then Josh Gordon just got reinstated by the NFL. Yeah. So let's look at New England's wide receivers here, guys. Julian Edelman, mm-hmm. Josh Gordon. Oh, let's not forget about Demarius Thomas. We forget that he was a top receiver at one point when he was in the Broncos. Last year was a lost season, I would yeah, say. Right. I think he mm-hmm. tore his Achilles in between the Texans and Broncos. They have another, I mean, those two, Philip Dorsett. Which I mean was looked at a bust on the call, solid slot receiver for them. They got Jacoby Myers, an undrafted guy who's been impressive in the preseason, another gem that uh, Bill Belichick has found. And you know, I mean, Nikhil Harry, also the rookie for the first round pick. Yeah. And look at the wide receivers. I mean, Matthew Slater, not a wide receiver, technically a special teamer, but you know, still a very big contributor. Their wide receiver group is very impressive. Yeah. And don't forget about the defensive end. They got Michael Bennett mm-hmm. as they lost Trey Flowers, yeah. but. Their linebacking core is still good. The secondary is deep. I like New England. They have a legitimate shot at repeating. We'll see if uh, they're able to get that far. Of course, you have a couple of hungry teams in the Chiefs and the Chargers Mm -hmm. who are disappointed about how their seasons ended last year. Mm -hmm. Now, and the Ravens. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that one. (laughs) You're welcome. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) The Jets. Yep. We'll get to them in a little bit. Okay. Buffalo Bills. Again, Josh Allen in his second year. This was a team that also went undefeated in the preseason. They, you know, they brought in a couple of good players in the offseason. They actually are two years removed from a playoff appearance. Very, yeah, very good run they had there. Sean McCoy is still there. Zay Jones. Their biggest acquisition was center Mitch Morris mm-hmm. from Kansas City. Solidify that offensive line to protect their young yeah. quarterback in Allen. And then they signed Dallas utility man and Cole Beasley. Yeah, former Raven John Brown, too. Like yeah. they signed two stable receivers to targets for Allen. I like it. And they also signed uh, Frank Gore, never aging Frank Gore, too, yeah. as the backup to LaShawn McCoy. Very nice. And then defensively, Trent Murphy, Starla Tule, the draft pick of Ed Oliver, which is big. Pass rushers in Lorenzo Alexander and Jerry Hughes. Tremaine Edmonds was a great rookie last year. Matt Milano, eight up running backs in the backfield, and Mika Hyde leading that secondary. Jordan so, Poyer, that's a very good safety duo. And Tredavious White, solid corner. Buffalo will be improved. I think so. Uh, they'll definitely compete with the Jets to finish in second in mm-hmm. AFC East. Yeah. Miami, 
trade for Josh Rosen, Ryan Fitzpatrick was just named the starting quarterback. I'm not exactly sure how this will fare out for them. They're probably going to be the worst team in football this season, mm-hmm. which is what many are predicting. Three and thirteen, two and fourteen, maybe. They have Devontae Parker. They don't even have a starting right tackle at the moment. <laughs> yeah, no. he's a tight end. Yeah, it's a lot of questions all over the board. Kenyon Drake might not even start a running back. They're probably going to go to Kalen Village, their second year running back. A lot of questions, but I mean, defense is horrendous. The d- secondary has some defense. Yeah, it has some decent players. Rowe and Jones are good. Yeah, uh, Xavier Howard, Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Jones might they might trade him as well as Kiko Alonso. They're looking to trade those guys. Devontae Parker rebuild mode has never lived up to that I, first round potential and yeah. they resigned him and everyone's like why he never he always has a good camp but never produces when it comes to the regular season he's a good practice squad guy then yeah i guess i guess so but a lot of a lot of questions in miami i mean they're likely going to be the number they'll have the number one pick in 2020 they'll have a good first four games with ryan fitzpatrick yeah, yeah. and then yeah and then and the then, fifth game they're going to struggle put josh rosen in yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick's living like in a, in a movie. Yeah, he'll, he'll go to every city before he retires. He played in every AFC East team except the Patriots. Oh, wow. Tom Brady must be laughing at this when you really think about it. <laughs> Tom Brady's like, you ain't getting my job. Yeah, so like <laughs> the post Andrew Luck era has begun. Begun with Jacoby Brissett under center, Marlon Mack, T.Y. Hilton. They brought in Devin Funchess, mm-hmm. which will help them out in the receiving core. They have Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle. The O-line is there with Costanzo, Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Braden Smith, Mark Flowinski as well. Mm-hmm. And then defensively, they brought in Justin Houston from Kansas City. They have Jabal Sheard, who was good. Darius Leonard, who I believe led the NFL in tackles yeah. as a rookie Second-round pick for them. They have some guys. And, of course, Adam Vinatieri, who is still an active NFL player. I don't know how he does it, but that at the age of forty-six, you could say though Jacob Brissett has a lot of a uh, lot of good pieces to work with. I think they're. Yeah. We said it earlier. I think they'll be more than just fine. Marlon Mack, I think, has the potential to be the take the next step as one of the best running backs in the league. Adam Vinatieri can be the father of like eighty percent of the league. <sighs> I don't know I how to bring that, that one. You know, he he's older than Tom Brady. So I guess he's the. He also played with Tom Brady. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. So, oh man, make jokes about Brady playing this long. How is Vinatieri still? Vinatieri going? has now been a cult longer than he's he was a Patriot. Wow. Fun fact. Very good fun fact on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> so the Texans, DeAndre Hopkins, arguably the best receiver in football. He does not drop passes. He's great. Very good. They have Kike Kute and Will Fuller the fifth. Mm-hmm. Just a fantastic receiving core with Deshaun Watson, highlighted by the number seven overall pick, Duke John. Oh wait, sorry, Duke Johnson Jr. Oh jeez, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I was stuck on Albert there for a minute. Oh man, <laughs> love you, Albert. <laughs> JJ Watt, Whitney Merciless, Benardrick McKinney, Jadavian Clowney, Jonathan Joseph. Yeah. Do you do you think Gibson. Clowney will be a? That's the big question. Outside of who will be the running back, it's kind of what's going to happen with Jadavian Clowney now. Yeah, because um, he's. A, I think they need to do every. They should sign him long term. He was I very. I mean, he obviously started off a little bit slow. Yeah, but really, he's become a very good. Uh, Rough. Yeah, the defensive end, outside linebacker, uh, hybrid player. Mm-hmm. So I, there's been talks of him going to Miami, uh, hmm. Philadelphia, 
Washington. Oh, no. The New York Jets. Okay. Yeah, so there's a lot of teams. He could be. I feel like he could be, if they can't find the deal for him, could eventually be on the move. Yeah. But overall, still, Texans, good team. Just a lot of questions on that offense outside of the back quarterbacks and receivers. We're going to head over to Nashville now. The Titans, a team with Marcus Mariota, with Ryan Tannehill as the backup quarterback. This is a team that they're in the playoffs one year. They miss the next. Now the South is a loaded division. Even without luck, I mean, you still got to look at Houston and Jacksonville and even the Colts possibly competing because they're, they're still going to give it their all. Remember, the Colts were no walkaway team last year. They started 1-5, and five and they finished 10-6. and six. Mm-hmm. They got the sixth seed. They made the playoffs. They won a game. They upset trying to remember who they played in the, the first round. Was it Houston? Yeah. yeah. Demolition was that offensive line. Yep. Tennessee, a team with Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, Taewon Taylor, Derrick Henry, and Deion Lewis. They have weapons, but then you look on the defensive side of the ball, and it's okay. I mean, you, yeah, you have Malcolm Butler and Logan Ryan, a couple of expats. Kevin Byard, I think, is a very good Kenny safety. Kenny an expat as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike the- Vrabel is inheriting a lot of former Pats on his defense. The thing with the, the, you know, the Titans for me, it's, they're always in the mix, I feel like, and they're always in the playoff hunt, but it's just always 9-7, and seven, and Marcus Mariota, I think this is his, this is a prove-it, make-or-break year for him. I yeah. mean, and there's even talk of him being the backup because Ryan Tannehill's been more impressive. It, it's a very weird thing that's going on in Tennessee. I, I, I don't know what them. I, they're, I think they're going to be last in the division compared to the other, two, other three teams that are going to be in that race for the top spot. Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. Nick Foles, Leonard Fournette. There's something going on with Fournette, right? Wasn't he... He, he wasn't had, like, the one suspended, was he? Uh, What, for uh, this, for the upcoming season? Yeah. No, no. I know he did a... Tra- he. I was reading this. He was working on a... He, did, he cut off a lot of people in his life. Like He was like training, doing like a Rocky-style training, and he lost a ton of weight, put on some muscle. Hmm. And he's looking to have a bounce. He had a good rookie year, you know, yeah. just over a thousand yards. Struggled a lot last year with injury. He's looking to show, like, yeah, I can, I can be the feature back here in Jacksonville. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do now in his third year. I like Jacksonville this year to be improved. Marquise Lee, Didi Westbrook, Chris Conley. Again, these are under the radar guys that will make plays. They're yeah. not big name players. A lot of that you're going to draft but... in like the first ten rounds of your draft, but. They are players that will produce. Jeff Swaim coming over from Dallas mm-hmm. had a three-touchdown game against our Giants this past year. Mm. And the offensive line, again, one of the best interior players in football and Andrew Norwell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have a great defense. Calais Campbell, Marcel Darius, Miles Jack, Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Bouye. Very a, good defense. The, the yeah. defense is one of the best in the league. And they needed a stable quarterback. Yeah. yeah. And well, now they, they have it. And don't forget, they went out and got Jake Ryan, former Packer. That's right. That's right. Who has starting capabilities. Absolutely. So in some way, they've kind of hit the reset button, but not fully because not f- they still have, a, you know, some of those still guys from. Fair. It took a year off, you could yeah. say, per se. <laughs> per se, yeah. We head up north to Cleveland. Baker Mayfield, backed up by Drew Stanton. You have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Hunt and Antonio Callaway both suspended. Dell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Braxton Miller, Richard Higgins. They have Braxton Miller. Oh, that's right. They just yeah. signed Braxton yeah. Miller. That's right. David Joku, the tight end. J.C. Treader, Joel Bottino, Greg Robinson, a couple guys on the line. Defensively, 
Miles Garrett, Sheldon Richardson, Olivier Vernon, oh, Joe Schobert, who was great last year, Denzel Ward, Morgan Burnett, Demarius Randall. Mm-hmm. I think Garrett's in the running, I think, for Defensive Player of the Year. I think he's yeah. going to have a huge year for the Cleveland Browns. One of the – with Mayfield, too, you know, Browns finally hit it right with their uh, top pick in Mayfield and Miles Garrett, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. Browns should have a good year. Uh, you know, a uh, quick little side note on the Browns. Mm-hmm. We're saying they should have a good year, but I can, I can see they could be one of the teams that a lot of people will be watching because of who they have. Oh, yeah. But they won't excel. Like, they'll have too many egos. There's a lot of distraction potential yes. there. Mm-hmm. I get that. Um, yeah, I I would totally agree there. I definitely, it definitely makes sense, but this is just something that, I mean, Cleveland's been the laughing stock of the NFL for how long? You know? Yeah. Since we've been around, really. Tim Couch. And, yeah, and, I th- and, you know, now they have a little bit of a bright spot here with Mayfield. Then they trade for Odell, which you thought, I mean, three three <laughs> years ago, would you think you trade for a star receiver, the worst yeah. in the league? No shot. Jarvis Landry, very good receiver in his own right, too. Yes. Uh, they have a lot of star power on the offense, and that defense has been built mm-hmm. up really nicely, led by Miles Garrett. Yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, another team, just like the Dolphins, I just feel like they're going to be at the bottom. Andy uh, Dalton. Like. A.J. Green, who's going to miss some time. Yeah. Joe Mixon, one of the best running backs in the league. Very good running back. Backed yeah. up by Giovanni Bernard, who's been with the Bengals for a while. Mm-hmm. Tyler Boyd, John Ross the third, Alex Erickson, CJ Uzoma, Tyler Eifert is now the backup tight end uh, due to injuries. Former Giant Bobby Hart starting at right tackle. Mm-hmm. Defensively, they're okay. You know, you have some studs in there with Dunlap and Atkins, but Preston Brown, Nick Vigil secondary it's just not a good team it's not going to be able to compete against everyone else in that division no i don't think so i think this is andy Dalton's probably last year to, to this i definitely think this is last year whether i mean i don't even think they're going to win a lot of games they'll probably be at the bottom with the dolphins so you think the dolphins record. last year is a bengal i believe so and i feel you know you got to feel for aj green who was still a very good wide receiver and yeah. it's, you know it makes you think what could green do on a team like the patriots or a consistent like you know uh, management team. You could you know, be the Bengals. Numbers. The Bengals have always been known for not really being well, well managed. Really, I mean, yeah. come on. Marvin Lewis mm-hmm. was there for so long, and how many playoff wins did he win? How many games did he win? Excuse me. Yeah. None. Yeah. He's been there for seventeen years. So I, I, it's, it's another bottom of the barrel team. Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, James Conner, Juju Smith-Schuster, Dante Moncrief. They got out and signed him. Ryan Switzer, Vance McDonald, a solid offensive line highlighted by David DeCastro and Marquise Pouncey. They have Cameron Hayward, Stephon Tewitt, TJ Watt, the leader of that defense. Great to see Ryan Shazier, like, throwing footballs around, by the way. They said this man would never walk again. It's crazy. Very good to see that. Uh, I don't know if he'll play another NFL game ever, but he's... He's still on the roster. They're still going to pay him, which is very good. You know, very class act by the Pittsburgh Steelers there. Maybe he'll be around. Maybe he'll do some, maybe some coaching. You know, just we'll to see. yeah. Mark Barron, Joe Hayden, who's around thirty now, is a guy who used to be a star in Cleveland before they had stars. <laughs> yeah, Terrell Edwards. So you know, Steelers have capabilities to win that division as well. Yeah, no, I mean they did obviously on paper when you think, oh, you lose Le'Veon Bell, one of the best backs in the league, Antonio Brown, the best receiver in the league. They're gonna take a step down, but. 
James Conner stepped up nicely. Yeah. Juju stepped up nicely. They still have a good defense. I still think they're going to be very competitive in that division. Uh, uh, maybe it's between the Browns, Steelers, and we'll talk about them next to Ravens for that division crown. But I wouldn't be surprised if two of those teams make it with one in the wild card and one as the division leader. Fonz, let's talk about your team now. Oh, why yeah. don't you? Uh, why don't you do this one? All right. Well, you know, quarterback led by Lamar Jackson, second year. Uh, looking to make a huge step forward now with the Joe Flacco-less Ravens. <laughs> they went out and got Mark Ingram Jr. from the Saints. Very consistent running back for them. And then Gus Edwards, the undrafted guy. They call him Gus the Bus, right on the corner of Ravens' Twitter. <laughs> very good. Him and Jackson was a very good backfield there. And they got Justice Hill in the fourth round. The receivers, Marquise Brown, they've, they've always kind of struggled to look for a star receiver ever since kind of Anquan Bolden left. Uh Marquise Brown, their first-round pick, he'll likely be the starter. Uh, Miles Boykin, they got in the second round. Uh, Chris Moore, solid special teamer slash occasional slot starter. Willie Sneed, very good. Two young tight ends, and Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst, I think, is a very good set piece there. Ronnie Stanley, solid tackle. Marshall Yano, one of the best, I think, right. Uh, I believe he's, yeah, he's right guard, best right guard in the league. And that defense is still very good. He's still very good. Yeah, Brandon Williams nose tackle there. Michael Pierce defensive tackle. The, they don't have C.J. Mosley, but I think Matthew Gion is going to take a nice step forward, lead the team in tackles. Kenny Young, very good young inside linebacker. And like I said earlier, they lost Tavon Young, but that secondary, led by Earl Thomas, is still very good. A lot of depth on that team, and I think Marlon Humphrey is going to take a next step forward as a top cornerback. Capabilities to repeat as AFC North champs. Yeah, and uh, you know special teams, I uh, got to give them credit too. They have the best kicker in the league in Justin Tucker. I'll say that right now. Yeah. Got to give love to special teams there. It, they're, uh, it sounds like a very nice all-around Very solid team. team. Yeah. Yeah, you know, questions I do still question Lamar Jackson with the throwing a little bit. You know, because you see, because he can, he can sometimes, especially in that playoff game against the Chargers, where he, did, he there was a whole quarter, I'm pretty sure, that he did not complete a pass. Yeah. But you got to still factor in he still has a great running ability. And I think he'll definitely take a uh, – Greg Roman's the offensive coordinator – yeah. Uh, remember what he did with Tyrod in Buffalo? I made do. him a Pro yeah. Bowl quarterback. Yep. Remember what he did with uh, Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick in the 49ers? Yeah. Made them a great offense. And so he, he builds the strengths of mobile quarterbacks. And I think now with Lamar Jackson, that's going to be a very good offense. Yeah. What, what do you think, Tom, now after I, I gave my, my spiel on the <laughs> Baltimore Ravens? I think they have a shot to get back into the playoffs. Yeah. I, I still think that. There is a couple of holes on this team mm-hmm. that yeah. can be patched up, but no team's going to be perfect. Yeah, I do think the defense lost a couple of like big name guys. Yeah, no, absolutely. They did acquire Earl Thomas, which was good, and Tony Jefferson. They have a solid secondary. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Smith's been around for a while. I- I've never really. He's been very. I, I'm on the, with you on that one. I'm on the middle with him. He can. He has good games, and he gets suspended or gets hurt, and then he has a good game, and then he goes down. So I think this might be one of the. Eventually, he'll get. Yeah, and then or then maybe just put him in the slot corner for now. And you know, Mark Ingram, your new, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Bell cow. Yeah, now, he's going to be the bell cow next to Gus Edwards. I it's think it's going to rely on Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the bottom line. Yeah, I support you, Lamar. I'm wearing your jersey right now. <laughs> <laughs> I need. I sounded like a, a Homer there, Ravens Homer. So I needed. I needed an opinion from a non-Ravens fan. To... No, they're good. They're a good team. Mm-hmm. Kansas City, you got Pat Mahomes, Damian Williams, the new starting back, backed up by Carlos Hyde. You have Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Sammy Watkins. This team's good. There's a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. You look at the defense, Chris Jones, Frank Clark. 
They lost Justin Houston. They lost Eric Berry. They did go out and get Turan Matthew to start with Daniel Sorensen. Mm-hmm. These guys are veterans. They've been around. Anthony Hitchens, Darren Lee, they acquired as a backup. Kansas City has potential to go all the way. Oh, no, they do. It's just it's really kind of more the the defense. They do have Frank Clark, they got from the Seahawks, Manuel Ogba from the Browns. You know, you know you can guarantee that offense is going to put on numbers. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but it's it's kind of more the secondary. I mean, Tyron Matthews is very good. And then uh, Brashad Breland's been solid, but it's kind of who needs to step up also in the defensive back rotation because that was kind of the problem last year too with them. The offense is there, but you kind of need defense, especially late in playoff games. Yeah. Chargers. They're in a Phillip team. Rivers. Drafted by the Giants. Yep, got treated. Never forget. Uh, <laughs> Melvin Gordon. Rivers backed up by Tyrod Taylor, by the way. Yeah. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Travis Benjamin, former UConn and Giant player, Jeremy Davis. Jeremy with a G. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hunter Henry, great to see him back on the field this season. Definitely on the yes. rise now as a top oh. tight end, I think. Yes. You could have saw it last year, but he got hurt. and he, I think he came back, and but couldn't really, I think. Probably wasn't at full strength. And then they kind of brought like, you know Gates back for a year. Yeah. 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 It, it's the, the question. I'll, I'll let you keep going, Tom, with the rest yeah, of the team. Sure. You know? Joey Bosa, Brandon McBain, Melvin Ingram, mm-hmm. Thomas Davis, Casey Hayward, Denzel Perryman. One of the best defenses in the league. They're good. Yeah, yeah, that, that Derwin James injury is going to hurt them a little bit. I think he's out for a couple of weeks. I'm not sure. I, I think they just put him on the pup for now. The pup physically unable to perform mm-hmm. for six weeks. Uh, but once he gets back, he already showed it's a star safety. But that Melvin Gordon thing, it looks like the Chargers are okay with Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson as their running backs for now. But that Melvin Gordon thing, he's a big. he makes a big difference in that backfield. But do you guys quickly, do you think he's in a Charger uniform this year? Or do you think he's on the outs? Um I don't know if we see a repeat of what we saw with Le'Veon Bell. He'll definitely miss some time. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. Um, I want to say yes, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, I don't. It's, I don't know. It's one of those I don't know yeah, things. I can't. I can't answer the question. To yeah. Be I think more. More you can see more with Jadavian Clowney that he'll be either moved or not. Mm-hmm. Gordon's yeah. like no idea at all. Denver Broncos, Joe Flacco, new quarterback, former Raven legend, <laughs> backed up by Kevin Hogan, Drew Locke is the third string, Philip Lindsay, undrafted rookie from last year, turned into a star, backed up by Royce Freeman and Theo Riddick, mm-hmm. Emmanuel Sanders, still in Denver, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Jeff Hoerman. What's your take on Joe Flacco in a Broncos uniform? I gotta ask you. It's very, it's very, it's very weird to see it, but the time was coming for him because after they drafted Lamar Jackson, he was very good for the Ravens, a consistent uh, passer for them. Uh, Led him to the Super Bowl, obviously with that incredible run. But it was time to move on from it. It It's weird to see him in a different uniform, but I'm glad he has an opportunity to keep starting in uh, the Denver offense. He will, I think. It's not really a short leash with him. They're probably going to want to save Drew Locke for a little bit because John Elway loves the veteran quarterbacks. So I think we'll see a, maybe a full season with Flacco unless, you know, he really struggles. And they want to see, you know, let's just see what Drew Locke can, can handle, if he can handle it. So yes. I'm, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on Flacco now. 
And you got Bradley Chubb and Von Miller on that defense. That's a very good. That's a very good pass rushing combination. Broncos won't make the playoffs. I don't think. No, no, I don't think. I think they're it's... they don't have enough yeah, offensively. I mean, especially when you have the Chargers and Chiefs. Yeah. So much more star power. And even yeah. even the next team we're going to talk about too. The next team that will probably be one of the worst teams in the league. We'll we'll, we'll see if if Antonio Brown plays. This guy could be single-handedly a difference maker. Yeah, yeah. The Raiders, mm-hmm. Derek Carr, still there. Yeah, yeah. Josh Jacobs, the starting running back. It's supposed to be Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams coming over from the Chargers, and then yes, Hunter yeah. yep. Renfro, the former walk-on at Clemson. The longtime Clemson Tiger, I feel like. He's been there for so long. He will forever be remembered for his game-winning Touchdown in the national championship game against Bama. Jeez. Crazy. Yeah, definitely. I like what Oakland did getting Colton Miller uh, in the first round last year yeah. to be their left tackle. Mm-hmm. And then Richie Incognito is still in this league. He's suspended again. Uh, Shocker. Defensively, nice. Claylin Farrell, probably the worst first round pick of the draft. Very weird pick that we roll. I think I was like, what? Yeah. He's good, very good player, but I did not. I didn't think the Raiders were going to go in that direction. The Raiders still have Jonathan Hankins, former Giant. Yep. They went out and signed Josh Morrow, former, former Giant. Giant. Wow. Who was suspended last year? Josh Morrow from London, England, mm-hmm. and Vontez Perfect again. Uh, Took your white hat. I mean, they just look, released Brandon Marshall. They did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These players are. Perfect's always in trouble. Morrow's been suspended. I don't know. Raiders are going to be bad, too. They could. I feel like they could compete a little bit maybe early Jake. on. It definitely if it helps if you have Antonio Brown throwing the ball, too. I mean, see if he gets yeah. his – see if he figures out the helmet thing. That's another story. I don't have enough time for that one. That whole helmet thing, I don't even get that at all. So we, we have five minutes. We're, we're just going to briefly breeze over the Giants and Jets preseason. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the Giants went 4-0. Mm-hmm. Jake Carlock had a fantastic pick six in the game against the Jets, and he, he had a sack in that game. Now, we don't think he's done enough to make the 53-man roster. He just hasn't had that many looks mm-hmm. after that. He's definitely a practice squad candidate. Mm-hmm. We also saw Alonzo Russell yes. in his preseason. But, James, what is it like to be on the campus of a player that is now on the Giants that used to, you know, call these his stomping grounds? Listen, um, it's been interesting to see. Um, you know, as an alum now working on campus, it's been interesting. You've always, you can talk to anybody that, like, I work with at the Taylor Center or anyone, and they know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's definitely been interesting. I personally enjoyed seeing him, a local guy, giving a shot at the Giants. Um, you know, definitely it's good for the school aspect, saying a D two at the time mm-hmm. trying out for the Giants getting a shot and now becoming a D1 mm-hmm. I think that's going to help the school in many ways mm-hmm. but it's just been interesting I mean the people I've talked to um, even alums it's like you know who you're talking about actually coincidentally one of the players that I play Bachi which he um, he lives right down the block from mm-hmm. Carlock's house. Interesting. Yeah. So just by like talking to people even around my town, they know who you, they know who he is. Mm-hmm. So it's been pretty cool. Yeah. 
I think Alonzo Russell and Kyle Lalletta just confirmed their roster spots last night. Yes. Come back win against New England mm-hmm. with two wins against the Bears and the Bengals in between. Yeah. You weren't sure about uh, Lalletta making the roster. You said you had Tanny. I remember we were talking about I this. did have Tanny. Yeah. Now I'm switched. Last night. Oh, no, night. I definitely yeah. can see when I saw that. I'm like, wow. Like he... But before that, I had Tanny. Mm-hmm. He played more. Lalletta had to earn it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I had to rewrite it. my article at this time for you, yeah. <laughs> I would switch Lalletta and Tanny. I would put Zoe in. Did you? T- I think TJ yeah. Jones left with an injury last night. It was yeah, concerning. Nate Stupar left with an injury. Division two product Scott Simonson left in an injury. So now you might see Conrad and Dickerson mm-hmm. make that final roster yeah. over Simonson. So my picks are kind of shaky in some areas. Others are definitely locks. Yeah. I hope Carlock gets on. I hope O'Hagan gets on. But we'll see. Cut down day is tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. For the Giants, I'd say their biggest strength was the play of the quarterbacks and the receivers. Yeah. I'd say the biggest weakness was probably the pass coverage in the secondary. Mm-hmm. The pass rush got better throughout the preseason. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Jones looked really good. That was one of the best rookie quarterback performances <laughs> all time in preseason. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Make jokes about the preseason, but he, he He's showed. very accurate. Very yes. good, yeah. Everyone laughed at the pick. I'm sure you guys definitely were. Did, now it's like, you know, it's a very – he was very impressive. We'll see what happens, you know, whenever he gets on the field. I, I never hated the pick. Yeah. I like the guy. Okay, yeah, yeah. But I, I did kind of want him, but not at – That's six, I believe? Six, six or six, seven? Yeah, six, yeah, okay. Six. But, hey, you want your quarterback? Go get him. Yeah. If you know your yeah. guy. I was all for Dwayne Haskins being the better uh, – we'll talk more about that NFC preview, but, you know. We'll talk more about Jones and Haskins next week, yeah. but – Let's get to the Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they lost to the Giants. They beat the Falcons. They lost to the Saints, and they beat the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Sam Darnold looked good this preseason. Your two predictions for him, quickly. I think he's definitely going to improve in his second season now that he has Le'Veon Bell to, exactly. to help him out there. They have Jamison Crowder, solid slot receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Herndon, the tight end, spend the first couple of games. I think he's going to take the next step forward for them. Yep. Uh, and Robbie Anderson. I think he'll finally hit that thousand yard mark as a stretch, a vertical threat for them. Hopefully, he can hold on to the ball. Hold that too, yeah. yeah. And they have a solid line, Kalechio Semele from the Raiders. I think he definitely improves in year two. And yeah. this just did actually today. The Colts cut former Notre Dame safety Matthias Farley, hmm. and the Jets signed him today. Wow, this afternoon. Definitely see something in him that if you sign him that quickly. Yeah. yeah. So Avery Williamson out for the year with a torn ACL for him. Big loss. Not knowing if Le'Veon Bell is going to be there. Yeah, Avery was a big player piece for them inside in the interior. And him and Mosley were looking to be a good starting yeah. duo in the middle. For sure. And, you know, the defense is there. I know they lost some players. Cut down day for them is tomorrow. Um, realistically, I'm you know, you look at the Jets roster. Yeah, it's Bell. Mm-hmm. He's great. It's Sam Darnold. We'll see what they can do because there's a lot of young talent. Robbie Anderson is back. They went out and they got Ryan Khalil. Oh, that's right. Out of retirement. to start at center for the mm-hmm. week one. Another retired guy that came out of retirement. Out of retirement. They still got Quincy Anunua. They went out. They got Josh Bellamy, Ty Montgomery. I forgot about it. And Jamison Crowder. Yeah. And their defense. Role players. Yeah. That's what they need. That defense with Jamal Adams. You Marcus May. That's a very good safety CJ. duel, too. Yeah. You got C.J. Mosley. Mm-hmm. Jamal Adams. Tremaine Johnson, Daryl Roberts, Leonard Williams. Big name guys. Mm-hmm. They I mean, drafted Quinnen Williams. Yeah, Tremaine uh, Johnson might be is a, is that big contract. We were like, oh, he's not worth the contract. He has a lot to prove. I think he will now with more mm-hmm. people like helping him out behind him and May and Adams and that defensive line. So I think it, 
The Jets are very interesting. I'm excited to see what they can do now. Yeah, I would say the biggest weekend for the the biggest weekend, the biggest weakness for the Jets is in the trenches, the offensive yeah. line. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of good names on that mm-hmm. line besides Khalil. But on that note, mm-hmm. we are going to end the show tonight on that. Uh, yep. Next week, we are revealing our new NFL format, folks, for the show. We will start our NFL Player of the Week in two weeks yep. after week one. It's going to be called a Quick Picks segment. You have to fill out on the Excel sheet oh, before the Thursday night game. We're going to have our picks. The point system is explained on the Excel sheet. We'll explain it on the show more next week. We'll have our playoff predictions, Super Bowl, Jets-Giants predictions, and we'll review any important key components of the all the teams' final 53-man rosters. On that note, on behalf of James Montefusco and Fonz DeFalco, I'm your host, Tom Scavetta, wishing you a good evening. You're listening to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Good night, everyone.